0: Our reading this morning is taken from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, from verse 18 to 20. That's Ephesians 6, 18 to 20. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Also pray for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is the word of the Lord. Great to see you all and a real privilege to speak this morning. Um, As Stephen said, we've been thinking the last few weeks about... um, battle and blessing, and as we just come to the end of this letter to the Ephesians, um, the Apostle Paul gives us some golden advice. That's what we're going to look at this morning, advice about how to grab hold of all the spiritual blessings we have um, from God, through Jesus, and to stand firm in all the various battles and challenges that we might face. The advice is pray, pray. Pray. And in the few verses that we're looking at today, Paul says, pray at all times, pray with all your requests, pray for the Lord's people, pray for me, pray for the gospel to go out, pray, pray, pray. If you want to enjoy God's blessings this week, and if you want to stand firm in the battles that you might face this week, this is the way to hold it all together, to wrap it all up, to make sense of life and all the different directions that it can go, Spend time with God. Spend time with God. Speak to him. Pour out your heart to him. Tell him what you need. Ask him for his help. Commit yourself and your loved ones to him, asking him to care for them. Tell him your hopes. Tell him your fears. If you know and trust Jesus, or if maybe you're just considering that or just beginning to do that, To pray is the most natural, the most obvious way that that trust expresses itself and works its way out in our lives. It might not be perfect, um, it might not be constant, um, but it is an exercise of loving trust just to pray. That's the golden advice we're going to dive into this morning. Um, And I want to just pick out two things from this passage about prayer. Are you ready? Everyone happy? Number one... Embrace the privilege. Embrace the privilege of prayer. Now, in church, um, we talk about prayer quite a bit, and um, we do pray quite a bit. And maybe if you're in church for the first time ever this morning, you've noticed that that we're praying quite a lot. We're speaking to God. Um, if you're a Christian, you probably pray as much as you can. Um, it might be that even if you w- wouldn't call yourself a Christian, you sometimes find yourself praying as well. That's not that uncommon) um, When we do that, however often we might do it or not, we don't often just stop to consider what on earth am I doing? Praying, what am I doing? Through the book of Ephesians, um, this letter we've been reading through, Paul has painted quite a stunning picture of God. In chapter one of Ephesians, God is the glorious Father who is enthroned in heaven and everything on earth comes under his authority he's able to work out everything according to his will in chapter two god is the one who is able to raise jesus from the dead god is able to raise jesus from the dead and to begin a whole new era for the whole of the creation marked by god's life chapter three god is the all-wise creator of all things who chooses to reveal his purposes to us, to let us in on what he is doing, and whose love for us is incomprehensible. Chapter 4, God is over all and through all and in all. He's inescapable and irresistible. Chapter 5 of Ephesians, God is the light in the darkness of this world. He is beautiful goodness in the middle of wickedness. He's a mighty defender against all the forces of evil. And right here at the end of the book, at the end of Ephesians, we're meant to feel this amazing truth. When we pray, when you talk to God, that is the one you are approaching. That is the one you're speaking to. It's him who is listening to you when you pray. Because of Jesus, because of his death on the cross, him bringing us to God, we have an audience with the king on his throne. We have an audience with the king. That is the beauty of prayer. And it is quite something that in our passage, verse 18, Paul encourages us, he says, to go to God on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That is a a privilege beyond words. It is a privilege beyond words. You can approach the God of the universe. Have you ever thought about that? You don't have to reserve it for special occasions. You don't have to tentatively book it in for weeks beforehand. You don't have to submit an agenda for the meeting by email. You can just go for it. Whenever you want, approach the throne. When you're in deep trouble, when you're lying in bed in the middle of the night not able to sleep, if you're in the office, if you're on the bus, when a, a particular need just pops into your mind, all occasions you can just go to the throne of the universe and ask. And Paul says you can go with all kinds of prayers and requests. You don't have to stick to a certain form of words. There aren't certain subjects that are off limits or improper to sort of address in prayer. You can go with any request request to God, and you don't have to be awkward about it. Thanksgiving sometimes, maybe sometimes more like desperate pleas for help. Maybe it's just telling the Lord you're confused and you're upset, asking for help, asking for wisdom for the day. All kinds of prayers, all kinds of requests. Can I put it this way? God is inviting you to consider it completely normal to go to him the whole time, whatever is on your mind, Consider that completely normal. Don't hold back. Don't be shy. Fill your boots. Embrace the privilege of prayer. Now, well, I can remember um, a few years going on holiday with um, a couple of friends, and we were just about to go through airport security. And um, I'm the sort of person who's always a little bit wowed by people in authority. So I'm the sort of person, who, you know, if a police car comes by, I feel a bit guilty. Even if I'm walking on the pavement, I'm not driving. Um, so I went through airport security and um, I was basically sort of bowing to the security staff and took off my belt and presented it and um, was sort of very obviously responsibly checking my pockets, there's no phones and all of that, and went through the machine. But my mate Fred, who I was on holiday with, is the opposite kind of person to me. He waltzed through security, sort of bantering at all the staff, um, completely unmoved by the, the gravity of airport security. And... <laughs> basically laughing at the whole process, actually sort of mocking it a little bit. And um, all the staff are watching him, and I'm thinking, what are you doing? Um, But I thought about it afterwards. The fact is, he had his boarding pass, he had his passport, everything was in order with his bags, and he knew that. He'd paid for his ticket. He he was meant to be there. He was meant to be there. He was good on holiday. Airport security is not reason to be worried and in prayer, if I can make the link, you're meant to be there. In prayer, before the throne of God in heaven, you're meant to be there. You can frequently, easily, assuredly rock up to the throne of the universe. Yes, with awe and wonder and holy fear. Not taking it lightly, but with confidence. Confidence with confidence because of Jesus. You have no reason to hang back and be nervous. Preacher Tim Keller used to say, the only person who dares wake up a king at 3am for a glass of water is his child. And we have that kind of access to God in heaven. That is the privilege that Jesus died to win for you. That kind of access, that kind of relationship You can go to the Lord at any time, in any state, with any request. It's an amazing thing. What about this little phrase? I don't know if you spotted it, verse 18 of our passage, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. What's that? Well, I think there are two ways you you could pray. Um, The first way is that um, perhaps you know you're meant to pray, that you should, and um, perhaps you try to do that first thing in the morning. And so you have a few things perhaps on a list or in your mind, people in need or situations to pray for. And you try to make yourself pray. Maybe you've experienced this, but it's just not really happening. You're really trying quite hard, but there's distractions and your mind is wandering. And so you just sort of try and push through and just focus. And <clears throat> But you just feel pretty cold and dead and the prayer isn't really flowing. You're not really even thinking about the Lord and the needs. You just sort of feel like you're supposed to be there. And so you're just trying and trying. That's praying in the flesh, praying in our own human strength, praying from our own effort, our own discipline. And it may be that some people in the room like me have experienced that. The other type of praying is praying in the spirit, consciously praying with the help of God the Holy Spirit. That might be a prayer that begins by saying, Lord, I can't pray very well. On my own, I am pretty cold-hearted towards you. I've just woken up. I don't really know what to pray for. I don't really have very much energy. Please help me pray to you. And the Holy Spirit loves to answer those kinds of prayers. prayers that take our focus off ourselves. Praying in the Spirit stops our frantic pushing that we try and do in and of ourselves. And it leads us to the God who wants us to pray to him so much that he's willing to help us pray to him. happens when you relax and you realize, this isn't about me. I've been saved by Jesus, and he has given me access to the Father's throne in heaven, and he has now filled me with his Holy Spirit who lives in me, and he's helping me to pray, even if I don't really feel like it. It's It's like a relief. That's praying in the Spirit. It is about embracing the privilege of Relationship with God, communion with God, because He is welcomed to you and He wants to hear from you. So, I feel like if I could encourage you this morning, you can be a low-quality prayer. You can be a low-quality prayer, but rest easy, because you pray in relationship with God by the Holy Spirit, rather than by your brilliance. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, Paul says elsewhere. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. That's Romans chapter 8. The Spirit intercedes for us. J.I. Packer once said, and I love this, the Holy Spirit fixes our prayers on the way up. The Holy Spirit fixes our prayers on the way up. And we even read in Hebrews 7, Jesus lives to intercede for us. You can't go wrong when you have the Spirit helping you and Jesus himself praying for you. Get in on it. Get in on the action. When you start with a, a faltering prayer and you, you just you can't really get going and you don't really know what to pray for, bring it to mind. I've been brought before the Father who wants to hear me, by the Son who loves me, in the power of the Spirit who's helping me. Bring that to mind and you'll find your heart warms up a bit and your words get a bit looser and you feel like you're meant to be there, and that the Father's eager to hear from you, embrace the privilege of prayer. Embrace the privilege. Secondly, expect his power. Expect God's power. In this passage, Paul assumes that when we spend time with God, we, we enjoy him, we enjoy his kindness, To us, and that um, it shapes us as people. As we experience that from the Lord, it actually shapes what we're like. When we come to to share in God's cares and concerns, and we come to love people like He loves them. So Paul says, verse 18, keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Brilliant evidence of the power of the Spirit at work in someone's life. That we who are by nature quite self. Focused and self-centered and sort of turned in on our own lives and our own cares. It's a great evidence of the Spirit's work when we begin to open up to other people and care about them, expressed in praying for them. Maybe you've heard the uh, words of that old hymn. Uh, you may remember this. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Everyone know those, those words? That's what happens to us when we meet Jesus. Our hearts open up like a flower to the sun, to him, and then also to each other. Our hearts are open to pray for, to care for, to love one another. This morning, we've all said we're going to pray for Madeline, newly baptised. We want to pray for her that in the years ahead, she is going to know the love of God and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and she will know fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we want to pray for her regularly and it's part of what we do as a church family here in St. Aldates. that um, as she's baptised and she joins our church family we come to share in her life and she comes to share in ours and we love and care for her in that way praying for her. Keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Paul will have had in mind especially as he wrote the growing church around the world at that time. Christians in a a persecuted minority in the ancient world. Uh, We know there's persecution happening all around the world today for Christians. In 2024, there are more than 365 million Christians facing persecution for their faith. The top five most dangerous places to be a Christian in the world at the moment are, for your prayers, North Korea, Somalia, Libya, Eritrea, and Yemen. Five places to pray for Christians who can't really do what we're doing this morning, gathering here, celebrating a baptism, praying together. If you want to look up Open Doors and their 2024 watch list, you can find out some more and fuel your prayers for the Lord's people. It's a great thing to pray for. That's all in Paul's mind especially because he says in our passage, he's writing in chains. Paul's in prison, probably under house arrest in Rome, and uh, he's feeling the, the weight of imperial might and power, and he's asking for prayer. And what I find amazing is what he asks. It isn't so much a case of, I'm an apostle, get me out of here. He's really praying that through him being in prison, the gospel of Jesus, the good news, would spread. That's what his prayer is for. He says, Pray for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So he's asking, us, asking the Ephesians and us to pray for the Lord's people, but also to pray for the whole world, that the whole world would be blessed by the good news of Jesus, so that more people hear and come to know this wonderful God that we do. Again, it's a key dynamic in the Christian life that if you've come to know this loving Father who hears your prayers and you've come to know the Son who lives to pray for you each day and the Spirit who lives in you and carries you in prayer, if you really come to know that God and embrace the privilege of being with him, well, you want people to know about him. You want people to know Now, the assumption behind these prayers, prayers for the church, prayers for the whole world, is that when we pray to God, he actually hears, he actually answers. I don't know how you've thought about prayer, um, however many times you've done it or thought about it in your life. I think at the moment, a lot of people speak about um, this prayer in the same world as sort of mindfulness. And um, I don't know if you've ever thought about these things. It's, It's sort of you're saying, maybe saying some words into thin air, but maybe you're trying to visualize and manifest some good things or you're sort of putting out positive vibes into the universe. I don't know if you've ever heard people speaking like that. Prayer's different to that. Prayers are different things to those things. When we pray, we are speaking to Our all powerful Father in heaven. And He pays attention and He will act powerfully for us and in us. So we can expect to see the power of God displayed. Expect when you pray to see God's power. We can pray for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can pray for our needs and the needs of the world. We can pray for forgiveness for our sins and the grace to forgive other people who sinned against us. We could pray for strength under temptation. We can pray for our loved ones. We can pray for persecuted Christians. We can pray for the spread of the good news. And in all of these things, as we do it, as we pray like that, we can trust that when we pray, it really, truly makes a difference. We're not just putting positive thoughts out there. We are asking a powerful, loving Father. Now, In the past, I need to confess, I think I've probably got a little bit abstract about prayer and thought about it probably in the wrong way. I'm going to describe how I think I've thought about it, and I don't know if this will help you. I have sometimes talked about the power of prayer, sort of trademark, um, or said prayer changes things. And I just fear when, when I use those phrases, it can just sound a little bit like mechanical, a little bit impersonal, as if there's this activity called prayer that I could do and try, and it turns out to be pretty effective. Who knew? And so you just say the right words, and bingo, stuff happens. And I think when I've thought and spoken like that, probably without meaning to, what I've done is reduce God to a vending machine in heaven that just requires, you know, exact change. Um, He doesn't really care about me. So long as you put the right coins in, you get the right result. That's a little bit how I've sometimes tended to think about prayer. Put in the right prayers and here's your hula hoops or whatever it is. But I want to just encourage you this morning. The great thing about prayer is not that it's an effective tool or a formula that yields great results if you use it right. That is not the greatest thing about prayer. The great thing about prayer is that on the throne of the universe, the heart of all reality we have a kind Father who hears and answers our prayers. He is not a vending machine that needs a kick to give you what you want. He is a good Father who is willing and ready to bless you and provide for your needs according to his perfect will. Prayer isn't powerful, but the one we pray to is all-powerful. And what makes a difference in our lives and what makes a difference in the world is the fact that we are involving our Father in it all as we pray. That's what makes a difference. And so I want to encourage you this morning, every time you pray in Jesus' name, because God is your Father and the Spirit is in you, you can expect to push the darkness back. You can expect to see the kingdom of God advance. You can expect to see the will of God done. You can expect God's ways to be known on earth. Expect his power at work as you trust him and speak to him. I want to share a story that uh, happened to me when I was very little, and I think this has really shaped me and how I think about prayer. Uh, We were... Um, Not very well off um, growing up. My my dad was a minister in a very small church, which didn't pay him a salary. And I remember one morning we drove um, to primary school. My mum drove us um, with me and my two sisters, all little kids, probably all under 10. And she drove us to school, dropped us off. And then she, when we were going to the school gates, she was going to get out of the car and walk home because there was not enough petrol in the car for her to come to school, go home, then come to school at the end of the day and go home again. So she was just going to walk home and then come for the car and that was the only two journeys we could afford. you know. So she was going to walk. And she told us this. And my sisters and me were all very upset that that was going to happen. And um, I think one of my sisters, shame, shame for me because I'm the oldest, I should have said this, but one of my sisters said, let's pray. And so we prayed in a, my mum's little white mini um, that the Lord would provide for us. Very innocent childlike prayers. And I don't know what my mum was thinking. Um, whether she was thinking, sweet children, but I'm walking home now. Um, and uh, I then opened the passenger door to get out, and I saw in the leaves in the gutter a pound coin. And, mummy, um, mummy, found a pound coin. And suddenly there's another one. And my sisters opened the back card all thinking there might be more, and they were. And I think we found about six or seven pound coins in the leaves in the gutter. And um, we we then we were like, that's it, that's petrol. Um, so we gathered them up and gave them to my mum and my, I remember my mum crying because she was like, my children have prayed that the Lord would provide. Just a small prayer, six or seven quid for petrol and it worked. And I remember we all went to school that day being like, God's provided for us. <laughs> um, that very innocent, probably um, maybe, probably to be honest, the kind of prayer I maybe wouldn't dare expect an answer to today but we can expect the Lord to act. We can expect him um, to work for us in power and in his kindness. Expect his power. So, friends, ahead of this week, in blessings and in battles, in the darkness and in the light, whether you pray a lot or whether you've never prayed before, go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Embrace the privilege and expect his power. Amen. Amen.